Hey everybody, C-Note here, and welcome to the C-Note Audio Extravaganza. This is your host, Mr. Christian Rivera, bringing you the show that is like Hurricane Irma, a direct hit. Too soon? Uh, uh, that's, that's not funny. No, in all seriousness, if you are in Florida, you should probably not be in Florida. If you are staying in Florida... I hope it's because you have a very, 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 very fortified bunker. I hope everything is going well. I hope I can at least provide you some entertainment during the madness. I always think of the movie Twister when there are crazy hurricanes and crazy storms and things coming through. Uh, that movie's so good. Um, but also, you know, frightening. That sort of like natural disaster stuff, like, I think it's easy to take for granted that everything is fairly normal on Earth. There are planets that have, like, all, really all planets that we know of so far are inhabitable and have, like, crazy stuff going on, Uh, you know, hundreds of years storms going on, so, like, when we get these super storms, I think we, we definitely take our planet for granted, and, um, that's a bigger picture thing that is, uh, a very frustrating reality that we live in, but, um... You know, the best we can do is try to help each other through these, through these major events. And um, if you're able to offer shelter to someone, please, please do. These are humans. These are people. Everyone needs and deserves a chance at making it out alive. So, with all that heaviness out of the way, because <laughs> it's you know it's life. It's true. And you know that's part of actually what I'm dealing with with work is um, there is a video that I'm doing, one of the videos that I'm doing is focused on bridges across America and basically it's like wide shot of a bridge, then a city or a hospital in that city and then shots of like, you know, people bringing in food and taking care of each other and um, also discussing the different healthcare challenges that different parts of the country are facing. Um, So that kind of heaviness is what I'm kind of living in for the next few days trying to piece together a lot of these clips and, uh, and, and get a coherent video going out of it. So I'm pretty excited to, to be a part of that. Um, it should be interesting and hopefully I can, I can tug some heartstrings and motivate some people to do, to do big things in terms of healthcare and, uh, hopefully be able to help people to mobilize more efficiently when these natural disasters happen. So that's kind of the goal. And, uh, pretty honored to be a part of that. So, um, that's pretty much like the bulk of what's going on in my life at the moment. I got some sleep last night, which I'm pretty excited about. <laughs> um, I'm still a little behind on the sleep, but I'm feeling better than I did yesterday. We'll see how the second half of the day goes. Um, and I, I don't know, I just woke up feeling like fairly good and wanting to be healthier. Like I felt like I wanted to like, I need fruits and veggies and good things for my body and to do physical things and, and take care of myself because I've been kind of letting myself go for quite a while and um, it's time to fix that. I'm starting to feel a heaviness that I don't really appreciate. <laughs> so I think it's time to to really, really hunker down and, and make a, a longer shift. Anyway, um, Today I was I was kind of going between two topics, but I guess I'll just pick one at random. Um, stoicism. Okay, let's talk about that. Because I've been reading a book about the Stoics. Um, 
called uh something about the 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 art of stoic joy uh living the good life something like that it's like living the look living the good life the art the ancient art of stoic stoic joy um which is fascinating because the stoics are um an interesting type of people philosophers they don't really exist today i mean some people they kind of do i mean after reading the book, I would kind of consider Gary Vee to be a Stoic, actually, which is kind of interesting when you really think about it, because philosophers were often famous um, without the really without the intention of being famous, really. Um, they were often tied to government also, uh, not so much these days, but they were philosophers, you know, Aristotle and uh, Marcus Aurelius and all those people. Those were all uh, Seneca. Those were all Stoic philosophers. Um, so they have some interesting things that I think are worth talking about, and other things, not so much. So let's go. Drums, so stoicism has always fascinated me because uh, I'm typically a person that almost by necessity has kind of had to shield a lot of my emotions um, over the course of my life, whether it's because of the crappy social expectation of men not being emotional or not being allowed to be emotional, quote unquote, or um, really not connecting with people on a deeper emotional level in the ways that I would like to. Um, I've had select people throughout my life where I've been able to, but the average everyday person, like, I just don't feel comfortable doing that, uh, really expressing myself and getting emotional. And I don't get emotional over things that, like, a lot of people, a lot of, I guess, average people, quote unquote, I guess, I don't, I don't know how else to put it, um, I don't get emotional over, like, animals or uh, babies. I like babies, but, <clears throat> and I think they're cute, but I don't, like, cry over them or anything. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I just don't get emotional in a lot of ways that a lot of other people do. So I was kind of fascinated by stoicism because my perception of it was that uh, it, was, it was a deliberate way of life where you were devoid of all emotion. And we're able to like harness that in a positive way. But actually, after reading about it, I came to learn that stoicism is actually more about embracing emotion and having control over it and not necessarily um, devoiding yourself of it. It's like giving yourself into emotion in more appropriate moments, I suppose, is the best way to put it. Um, and while I'm going to talk about this, I am not an expert. I'm just reiterating stuff that I read and can recall. <laughs> so if you are interested, it's a really good book, The Art of Stoic Joy. Check it out. It's quite interesting. It's interesting from like a factual standpoint, like like what these philosophies were, what the philosophers were, what their lives were like. Um, talks about many of them being exiled um, because of their perceptions of life and and uh, how they influence government and people and things like that. Um, and uh, all of that stuff is, is fascinating. So it's not really like, it's not a book that's trying to convince you to be a Stoic. It's a book that is like telling you about Stoicism and what it is and their philosophies. And maybe you could learn something from it, which is why I'm 
re-sharing this stuff because I've learned a couple of things. Um, and so one, one main thing about stoicism is that it is largely about finding ways to not disrupt your tranquility in life, you know, um, about making sure that, that you're not letting external things that you can't control bother you to the point where it's not allowing you to continue to live your life and enjoy the things you want to enjoy. Um, you know, if somebody gets mad at you for, you know, accidentally cutting them off and then they give you the finger, like, are you going to let that bother you all day long? Um, it's like, it's almost like a logical, like it doesn't make sense to allow you to be angry for at that. Maybe a momentary thing. Sure. Um, but you almost can feel some sense of empathy towards them. Like, yeah, they got cut off. So I deserve that. <laughs> it's cool. And then you move on. That's fine. Uh, so uh, just like methods like that to allow yourself to just not disrupt your tranquility. It's like the same thing with like, if a dog came and barked at you and didn't really like you, are you going to be upset all day that the dog didn't like you? Does it make sense to do that? I mean, to me, it doesn't make sense to some people. They might allow that to happen. Um, but I, I think that's weird personally. <laughs> um, so not letting things like that really get to you will allow you to experience more joy and more tranquility throughout your life. Um, they equated it a bit to like Zen Buddhism where Zen Buddhism, Buddhism is more of like a, an, an active separation of life to stop yourself, stop everything, close your eyes, almost deactivate your brain and focus on what is happening here and now. Don't think about the past, the future, whatever, just, just live, just be. And, um, you know, for, for Zen Buddhism, that's a very like separate act. And for stoicism, it's more of an active act. It's more of a keeping your brain active throughout the day, but practicing a sense of, of Zen to the point where like, you're kind of constantly meditating and being aware of your surroundings and the people you're working with and talking to and not allowing negative things to disrupt you throughout the day. So for that, I think it's fascinating. Another thing that's fascinating about the book is that it talks about the different philosophers and their different takes on stoicism. Like you can see that the philosophy itself was evolving um, based on what each philosopher thought was more successful than the previous or whatever. So you can see sort of the evolution of stoicism, uh, the changing, and it's not necessarily like a, this is better than the last one. It's almost like it's a different perspective or a different idea. So you can almost take like a, an idea from one of the previous Stoics and apply it to your life um, as well as possibly a later one. So I think that's why it's fascinating. That's why I, it's not like a guidebook. It's like, it's, it's like just an informational, like this is what they were talking about sort of thing. Um, one of the chapters that I found really, really interesting was about bullies and insults, which is what kind of led me to uh, a previous podcast that I did that is titled that bullies and insults, um, and how to deal with those people and those things, uh, those situations where somebody is trying to berate you for who you are as a person. Um, and, and sometimes there are, there's some pretty easy ways to combat insults and, uh, bullies. Um, one of those being to acknowledge whether or not what they're saying is true. Meaning if like somebody is making fun of you for being bald, it's like, why would you be offended by that? Because that is what you are. 
um, you know, it's almost like taking further ownership for that so no one can touch you. Like for me, I've been short all of my life. I'm five foot four, not a very tall guy. Um, just a little bit below average, but it is what it is. Like if somebody comes up to me and calls me like short fry or midget or little guy or something like that, I'm like, first of all, those words are hurtful. Second of all, I'm short. Like it doesn't, whatever. I don't care. It's, it is what it is. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm a short guy. I understand. That doesn't mean anything's wrong with me. If anything, I think it can prove, <laughs> uh, a lot more about my character that I can still do so, so many better things in life than someone who's tall and takes it for granted or something, you know, like it's, it's stupid. It's one of those things that like, if you are what they're saying you are, then okay. <laughs> what are you getting at? So it's one of those things where like they can't touch you because of that. And uh, another is the opposite truth is if, if what they're saying is a blatant lie, then a, you can likely calmly set them straight and and it's not like often coming from a negative place what I mean it's like a, almost like a pure ignorant statement a lot of stuff that's happening with like political stuff these days and people debating politics on the internet and whatnot um, a lot of that comes from a place of ignorance just not having experienced life from other people's perspectives uh, and not being aware of their own bias um, which is a, a bigger thing and I've been kind of avoiding that because it's a headache, but, um, but it's a very real thing that I was, that I dove into and I'm not proud of a lot of things I said during that time, but, uh, I'm also aware that a lot of people were just coming from a place of ignorance, not like negative, not like negative ignorance, not like blatant ignorance, but just not knowing. So one thing, one way to combat that is to just kind of inform them. And if they're not willing to be informed, then you just, you move on from them, however that may be. Um, so I think there was one more method, but I can't really remember it. <laughs> so, uh, for, for the most part, like there are ways to not let people insult you by sort of like twisting logic and looking at whether something is blatantly true or not true. Um, and, and coming at you that way. And then often looking at them and realizing that a lot of the times when they're projecting their anger or their insults at you, it is often a reflection of their own insecurity. You know, they're trying to bring you down to their level. They're trying to bring you down to the place that they feel that they're at. So if they feel insecure, I have often had trouble with male relationships because I'm short, so that feels like a lot of alpha male types, quote unquote, I should say like the guys that think they're alpha males, but not really, you know what I mean? Like. The, 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 the guys that are like really loud and boastful, they'll often come to me because I'm a short guy and feel like they can kind of run me over and that never works. So sorry, <laughs> I just don't, it doesn't do anything to me. Like I'm not bothered by that stuff. I'm not intimidated by people. So for that, you know, there's a couple ways to combat insults and bullies. The Stoics often talked about not coveting stuff, um, not longing for things. They would call it, um, uh, what was it called actually? Something about natural needs versus unnatural needs. Meaning natural needs are water, food, air to breathe, shelter, things like that. Uh, basic necessities and often didn't even consider shelter as a necessity. 
um, barely any clothes on your back, you know, very minimal in a lot of ways. Um, I like things, so I don't really subscribe to that, but I also, at the same time, don't covet them in a way that if everything was gone, I would not, my life would not fall apart. I would find a way to rebuild. Uh, I would find a way back to where I would like to be. And I've done that before. When I moved from Philly, I pretty much came with not much um, and sort of slowly rebuilt my life and what I wanted out of life and allowed myself to reframe my life to this new one. Um, so by, by not coveting stuff, you're really relinquishing the power that stuff has over you. Meaning, if you're not coveting the next iPhone, like, you're not going to spend $800 the next time the phone comes out and um, be put, put yourself in a hole whether or not you're actually able to do that. Meaning a lot of people will shell out $800 to $1,000 for the next iPhone even though they can't afford it because it's just a habit or it's something that they, they become attached to. They covet it in a way that is unhealthy. Um, they just want the next one. It doesn't matter if it's good. They just want it for like bragging rights or whatever unhealthy reasons. Um, so unnatural needs are often things that can't be satiated. So that's the big difference. Natural things are like, you know, thirst can be quenched temporarily, but it can be quenched. Hunger can be quenched. Um, but often worldly, uh, you know, unnatural possessions, man-made possessions often lead people down a path of wanting more and more and more and you feel like you get to a place where you're happy or you're you're trying to strive for a certain level of having things or money and you feel like that is the happiness goal and you're actually not seeing the point of what makes people happy um, and, and not exploring that so often by stripping themselves of material possessions they would allow themselves to 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 think about what it is in life that allows them to be happy people or that can allow you to be a happy person with nothing because that's true even today still there's plenty of people who are poor and have nothing and are super happy and there are people who have billions and are miserable terrible people you know it, it's it, it's it's truth you know so it's it's about your perception of of things and the things you want in life um because you can be happy with nothing. If you've got like a good person next to you and friends and you know, a good drink, like what else do you need? At least that's for me. Like I don't need much. I I've thought about it all the time. And the, the Stoics often practice what is called, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of it actually, but it's, I'm so terrible at remembering specifics. I'm so bad at school. <laughs> uh, they would practice like a negativity, um, like a looking at looking at bad things happening in their lives and sort of analyzing how they would approach it. So what would happen if you had got robbed? How would you approach that situation? How would you feel? And work through those emotions so that if it were to happen, you could better prepare yourself for that moment. Even something as deep as like your parents dying, like imagine that happening and they would actively process, practice that. It kind of just happened to me because of my depression. My brain would just sometimes go there and I would almost feel like I was forced to push through it and deal with it. Um, and it's not in a way to 
make it easier to go to your parents' funeral. <clears throat> it's a way of practicing and appreciating what you have now. Because sometimes people don't think about mortality. They think everything's going to last forever. And by practicing more that, that, that negative practice of thinking about the death of a loved one or the passing of something or the finishing of something, you can better appreciate it in the now. Sometimes that leads people down a rabbit hole, but I think it's interesting. So there are some interesting things about Stoicism, but I also encourage you to check out the book. Uh, and if you're interested in it, I think there's a lot of other great topics. But there are also some some things that I don't necessarily agree with that are interesting about Stoicism. Um, you know, it, it, it almost can be... It, it, sometimes it sort of goes towards that cliche of what stoicism is like, you know, being too stiff and not really experiencing life, like being happy with less is good, but I think also we should allow ourselves to experience more. You know, we should be able to go on trips and experience different parts of the world. We should be able to, um, you know, have sex without feeling guilty about it. Meaning, uh, they would often talk about only having sex for reproductive purposes, which I think is, uh, I, I guess, better than other people. But at the same time, I don't know, if you're dedicating yourself to a person, you should be able to enjoy the physical pleasures of each other. Um, so I, I don't really see that as like a thing to subscribe to. I think that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> and there are plenty of other things where they sort of like deprive themselves of joy. Um, but at the same time, I, I think it's good in practice occasionally. Like. I think as a form of discipline, like maybe practice celibacy for a little while, maybe not when you're married, because that might not lead to a happy relationship, <laughs> but but if you're like on your own and you were like promiscuous for a while or something, and you're like, you know, for, for the sake of discipline, you know, going celibate for a while or, um, you know, changing your diet for a while or, you know, doing something that sort of tests your discipline. Um, I think that stuff's kind of interesting. I kind of did that as a kid where I would, um, test how long I could like kind of endurance tests of like holding an ice cube and seeing how long I can, I can deal with it and not be miserable. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a version of that. Um, I think that's kind of interesting. So, um, what else? What else? Um, there was plenty, there was one other thing about like death that I thought was fascinating that they talked about, um, when you're close to death and you're, because you've been as a practicing stoic, quote unquote, you would likely be thinking about death quite often, actually, um, thinking about the death of loved ones or your own death and thinking about mortality and using that as fuel or a springboard to appreciate more things in life. And, um, thinking about when you're getting closer to death, a lot of Stoics often would uh, commit suicide close to the end of their lives um, because they felt like it was a matter of like taking control and not not trying to let something um, run its course beyond you know what was like helpful, I guess you could say. They would often just sort of like end the suffering kind of early uh, because it was a matter of taking control. Um, that's it's kind of a weird, interesting topic. Not saying it's a good thing or really a bad thing. I don't know. Uh, that's that's gray area. I don't. 
I lean closer to a bad thing. <laughs> I think you should try everything you can to feel better. But um, it, it, it's it's fascinating to read about. I think it's interesting um, interesting perspectives that I think a lot of people don't consider these days. Um, but the the big things that really stuck out to me as positives were the uh, the the not letting things affect you tranquility side. It's interesting. After you read the book or after you listen to this podcast, watch some of Gary V's videos and you can see, like, I don't know, he seems like he's a stoic to me with a, like he's a modern day stoic and doesn't really know it. <laughs> that, that rhymed. Um, and he's a person that doesn't let negative things affect him. He's always driven. He's always, um, he's talking about like, you're going to die that death aspect, being aware of his mortality. He's very philosophical and preacher-like. Um, and he's in the public eye without really, like, trying to be, I guess. Um, I mean, he kind of is trying to be, but but uh, it's sort of just a side effect of who he is as a person, which is I think is parallel to a lot of the philosophers and stuff. So a lot of that stuff is kind of fascinating and really interesting. So... I don't know if you're interesting, interested in it. It's the ancient art of stoic joy. Um, check it out. And this has been the podcast. So on that note, check me out at Rival My Design on social channels and leave some call-ins. I'll talk to you later.